And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. Wow, I could, I could actually read this if I knew what I was reading. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, it's Marvelous, Monumental, Most Fascinating, Massively Mind-Bending Monday. There's my paper. <laughs> Don't you love these days? This is why I love live radio. I could not find my piece of paper that I was supposed to read. All right, calm down. We'll get there. It's Marvelous, Monumental, Most Fascinating, Massively Mind-Bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one and draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, Job stood up. Then Job fell to the ground. Okay, this is not too hard to picture. Job heard the news, and before he, sp- he spoke, he acted. First, he tore his robe to symbolize somebody or some something close to him was actually touching him, and it was ruined. That's what the tearing of the clothes has to do with, okay? Then he went to further demonstrate, still before he spoke, his grief and shaved his head as a sign of mourning. His hair was not as distant as his clothing. Get it? Because the hair was physically connected to him, so he shaved that off. Then, before he spoke a word, he humbled himself before God. He didn't give God the finger. And by that, I mean he humbled himself. You get it? Next, naked in and naked out. What? Paul refers to this in the New Testament when he writes to Timothy and says, We brought nothing into the world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Here is where entitlement bites the dust we brought nothing of our own in and therefore we are entitled to nothing and by proof we will carry nothing out get it so by proof (laughs) we bring nothing out so consequently we're entitled to bupkis there's nothing (laughs) get anything and finally the lord gave and the lord took and even if satan took it the lord allowed it and let's be honest about it in truth satan is just an instrument of god's ultimate plan we might not want to think that god takes but he does and there's about 500 scriptures that prove this Everything is his to do with as he sees fit, whether we like it or not. It's not for sin. If it not for sin, there would have been nothing that's ever taken from us because sin is the reason that things get taken from us. So the real question is, whose fault is it really? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. Let me check. Hold on. Yep, yep, still working. You can also text us during the show, 214-210-8483. 
That's 214-210-8483. You can call us during the show, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call, 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Amazing Jen. Let me tell you what that's like. That's like sitting down at a booth with nobody to disturb you while you're having your favorite milkshake. Come on. Come on. And then you will feel amazing. See, that's a good one. (laughs) It's my favorite milkshake. Uh, Which, by the way, is uh, for me almost any flavor. which is kind of sad all by itself. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is if you've got an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, you can share it. If you've got something you want to share, just talk. You know what Mary called in? She told us about the dogs with flat heads. I mean, you never know what's going to happen on this show, do you? I don't. Uh, bottom line to that bottom line is this bottom line. That's three bottom lines in a row. You can reach out to us for a praise report, a prayer request. You can answer trivia. You can do anything that will be a blessing. The idea is not to be a kvetcher. Okay, it's not that kvetching uh, in certain situations isn't appropriate, although kvetching might not be the right response. Uh, Opinions and sharing, that's fine. What we're trying to do in this little 90-minute show is just encourage one another. Okay, there's a lot that's coming against us. We fight a lot in a lot of different ways. It could be uh, spiritual, could be family-oriented, could be relationships at work. It could be relationships at home. It could be any of that stuff. And just for a little while every day, you just go, <sighs> doesn't mean you won't be challenged in sin. Doesn't mean everything will be, you know, like me just, you know, saying cotton candy and, and Skittles. But for a little while, we'll just focus kingdom. That's what we want to do. Speaking of focusing kingdom, here's your trivia question. Who were the first twins mentioned in the Bible? The answer to this is found in Genesis 25, and this is your big hint. One of them was loved and one of them was hated. According to the scripture, who were the first twins mentioned in the Bible? If you think you know the answer, then you probably want to give us a -a ring-a-ding-ding. 972-445-0770. You'd also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. And while we are prepping for that, I want to pray for the audience. And there's something very specific I want to pray, something that happened for me today. Uh, It's just that the Lord challenged me on my own level, my own level, of awareness of the spiritual conflicts that are going on. Had that challenge today, taught to Noel as I was driving in on my earpiece, and she had said the exact same thing that I'd been praying about, asking the Lord about. She had said to me right on the phone as I'm driving, I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way that's an accident. <laughs> I've been around a long time. It's like, no, not at this point. So I just want to pray for our awareness. So let's pray as an We're going to pray together, collect our faith together, and do it together. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and praise you, and we worship you. You are awesome. You are fantastic. Everything that happens, you have a purpose for. You have a design in. You have a plan in. And we need to trust you more. And we do pretty poorly in that for, for the big things, Lord. Little things seem to do better and better, but the big things, we still have to trust you for those. And Lord, please heighten our awareness of the spiritual conflict as we talk about this situation you put in your holy writ between you and the enemy. You're trying to teach us there's more going on in cosmic conflict than we think. 
So heighten our own awareness to spiritual warfare and help us to remember the best weapon in spiritual warfare, the best, is when we pray to you and ask for your help. Give us the wisdom and the insight and the discernment to know what is from you and what is just from the enemy. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so uh, back to the trivia uh, question. Uh, trivia question. Who were the first twins mentioned in the Bible? Genesis 25 is where you would get that answer. Uh, and then your hint is one of them God loved and the other God uh, didn't love. Hated, actually. Uh, and you gotta be God doesn't hate. Okay, well then tell God not to put it in his word twice. Okay. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can uh, send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Have we covered everything? Boy, I hope so. Milkshake? I mean, come on. That's got to be good. Okay. All right. Here's the part where you get in Job, and this is where people are getting. We're going to go an extra minute or two because this is the part that gets so people don't like this. And I understand they don't like this, and there's part of this I don't like. And I'm not saying I don't like Holy Writ. I just, I just don't want to be there. <laughs> it's like I don't want to see it. I don't want to know what's going on. So if you remember last week, Job had all these different people come one after another after another, escalating which is kind of what happened to Noel and I last week, escalating, giving us a little indicator there's some warfare going on. And Job, Job was just getting hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered, one thing after another, after another, after another, which is a great indicator that Satan is involved in some capacity. So the question is, how do you respond? Remember, the goal or the the bet, and I consider it a bet because it seems like it's a wage. It's some kind of uh, uh, statement and defense and so on and so forth. Uh, it's like Job's great, and Satan's like, no, he's not. And, jo and God's like, uh, Job's great, and Satan's like, yeah, let, let me take everything away and he'll curse you. And it's like, okay. So that's that's what's going on. So after all this stuff is taking, including his children, this is what the scripture says. Job stood up and tore his robe in grief and then shaved his head and fell to the ground before God. So there's three things that Job does before he says a word. And I think it's important for us to examine them or be willing to examine them. And that is this. So all this stuff happens and Job stands up. Okay, so in order to stand up, go with me on this one. You probably had to be sitting. I mean, I'm just go going on a limb there. I know. Okay, he falls to the ground after he shaves his head and tears his robe. So he's he's sitting. He stands up, tears his robe. The tearing of the robe has to do with the. The, the, the tearing apart, the loss of something that's so close to you, it's so close to you. What? How close is it? It's, it's on your skin. That's how close it is, okay? Forget the underwear theory. That doesn't work. He tears the clothes so close to him. He, uh, and he's speaking, but he's speaking with his actions. After that, he shaves his head. What's closer to him than clothing? His hair is a part of him. It's a part of his head. He shaves his head. The loss of something as close to his mind as can possibly be. 
And then he falls to the ground in humility. Now you think, well, this is the time he should be like, hey, what's going on here? I don't like this. <laughs> right? This would be the theory, right? But Job was smart enough to figure this out. Okay? He's communicating to God through his actions before he's saying anything by his words. Stands up before God, rips his clothes, indicating I've lost something close to me. Shaves his head, indicating I've lost something that's connected to me, which would probably be the kids. And then humbles himself by falling on the ground. He doesn't lash out. He doesn't challenge. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't even speak yet. He's communicating by his activities a humility that many of us lack in the midst of fierce trials. He says to God, you are God. That's powerful. Okay, the answer to the twins by the the, the, tw the earliest twins in the Bible, by the way, is Jacob and Esau. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated, and that would be in Genesis. What is it? Genesis twenty five, twenty four through twenty six. Okay, we'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM seven seventy, the True Station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Because what we're getting is this snapshot of Jesus. And there's a lot of stuff that we do, a lot of stuff that we say, but at no point should anybody ever lose what's going on here. And when we get into our Philippians teach tomorrow, you're going to see how very specific Christology, the study of Christ, fits into play on Jesus Christ being honored uh, above all and understanding how that this snapshot of Jesus plays into or leads us into the understanding of the superiority of Christ. Nobody else was fully God and fully man, period. 
and so nobody else can represent God to man or man to God. So in this situation, we get to see that Darius, he has a 12-year-old daughter. She's dying. Not uh, not good news. This woman who's got this bleeding issue, issue of blood, she comes up to Jesus, uh, touches him without saying anything. Jesus has restoration and healing for her in physical, social, and psychological aspects, which is just uh, wonderful if you think about how Jesus, Jesus cares about the whole person doesn't care about a part of a person, cares about every inch of you. If you're doing well physically, but you're not doing well psychologically, Jesus cares about that. If you're doing well psychologically and not doing well physically, Jesus cares about that. If you can't have contact with people and you feel like you're completely isolated, Jesus cares about that. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our trivia question. And I will now ask Amazing Jen to play the warning. See, it's labeled warning, but I, I just call it horn. Okay, how did the prophet Elijah travel to heaven? We've asked this question before. We have gotten 25 or 30 answers. I have, I'm telling you, 16 times people have gotten it wrong. He did not make a reservation on Delta. Okay, so let's just not do that one. Uh, how did the prophet Elijah travel to heaven? It's a simple, straightforward question. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can send a text in to 14210-8483. And you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Of course, this is the time in the show where I take my own mental break and tell jokes. <laughs> That does not mean that they are good jokes, but these two are pretty good jokes. So here we go. So I'm just telling you right now, you don't have to laugh. Somebody is calling in. I can't decide whether I should spare them or not. Uh, okay, I'll spare you guys for a couple of seconds. We'll let this person answer the trivia question. Then I'll come in my two jokes. Uh, the second one is classic. A classic grandparent joke. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and send them on through, see if they can get this right. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? David, this is your brother Ace. Hey, brother Ace. How are you, my brother? I'm hanging in, doing better than I was yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. uh, it's good. so good to hear Help your them. voice. Everybody okay over there? Yeah, I had a kind of a, so last week, uh, I came in on Monday after picking up the grandkids in Tennessee, and then my leg swelled about two and a half times the size of the knee and the, the shin and the ankle, and so I was out for a, for a whole, uh, like, four days. And I was in the hospital, and they're giving me morphine, and I'm like, you know, you know when you know what you know when it hurts, it hurts when you tell the guy after he gives you morphine, I can't feel that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you better stay off the roads. Yeah, roads that you on there with morphine in you. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not feeling that, and we're paying for this, and I want relief now. He goes, "What's your pain on a one to twelve? On a one to ten? I go, "Does twelve count, or is that not allowed?" Or <laughs> 
<laughs> but I'm doing better now. So forward we go. You know what? This one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and pressing forward to what's Amen. before me. Right? Amen. All right. All right. Now this. Yeah. This yeah. is a this question, by the way, is tricky. And we got people texting in and they're texting in the wrong answer. So I'm trying to get people because it's really it is a little tricky because the question is, how did the prophet travel to heaven? And so a lot of people get that confused with what went in between him and Elisha. So that's why I'm kind of making sure you're in that same place. So how did the prophet Elijah travel to heaven? How did he get up to heaven? The second one. So the whirlwind is the key. So the chat's it right there. So the chariot comes smashing through and separates, and then he went up to heaven in the whirlwind. So the whirlwind was, in fact, Delta or whatever, <laughs> whatever, it's, whatever that airline's going to be. That's actually how he went up. But it was the yeah. chariots that went in and separated him and Elisha, and uh, they came streaming through. But when he went up to heaven, the elevator was the whirlwind. See, that was the key. See, good job there. Good well, job. that's good, man. That's good. Well, I, I, I wasn't sure. It's yeah, that's a tough him. one. That's tough. I would always answer fiery chariot because that's the first thing you think of. It's like, oh, yeah, the chariot, right? The, the guy with the chariot, the, the fiery chariot kind of thing, the Ben-Hur on fire kind of thing. That's what I can do. All right, let me pray over you, okay? Please, please. Let's do it. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you and we praise you. We bless you. We worship you. And healing, 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we are healed. We believe that the stripes of Jesus Christ bring healing into our lives, both spiritually, physically, actually, and emotionally and psychologically. And we're praying for our brother Ace. We ask you just to fill him with your Holy Spirit and bring healing power into those parts of his body that are really hurting. Give him strength. Give him vitality. Give him a rejuvenation. And lift him up and let him put have a new testimony to share. Put his feet on a rock and a new song in his heart. And bless him in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, hey, brother. You always, pray, you always pray real good prayers. I, I really, um, I, I just, when you pray, it's just, uh, you just got the words. And uh, not too many people do it, you know. And it talks about sometimes we don't know what we're going to pray. And we have to have the Holy Spirit intervene for us. But, you don't have that problem. You got all the words that you need all the time. So I was impressed by your prayers. So I'm I'm glad that you're blessed with that kind of a, a talent. Well, I appreciate that. It's, it's because I talk to him so much. He's probably like going, "Okay, stop talking, Dave." <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad too. Yeah, I'm glad too that we heard from Mary. Uh, since, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was... I just wish we could all see one another face to face one day. You wouldn't want to see my face, but I would like to see your face. So, yep. Uh, anyway, I know your face, but a lot of these folks I haven't. And uh, it's just uh, we are knitted through the Spirit. And uh, that's good enough for me, but it'd also be good to be in the flesh, too. So yeah. Yeah, anyway, we love everybody out there. We love you, buddy. I love everybody. Right. Take care. God bless you, brother. We love you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, so we're going to wait on the jokes. Ace has spared you. You can all say thank you to Ace. He's given you a little bit of extra time. Not entirely, just a little bit. Of- I can tell that amazing Jen is feeling right as comfortable as possible. Okay, so uh, I'm just giving her, giving her grief. All right, so this part is like... Okay, I, I, we're going to have to go long. It doesn't really matter at this point what we do. I mean, how does that even matter? Uh, this part is so important, 
and I want to say this in a way that is not insensitive to people all over the planet, okay? I want to say this to everybody everywhere of every kind of background, of every kind of personality, of everywhere, anything, anywhere. You are entitled to nothing, Period. I don't care where you're from. I don't care who you're from. I don't care what country you're born in. I don't care what family you come from. You are entitled to nothing. In fact, in 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 Acts, it says that every breath that we breathe is a gift from God. Every step we take is a gift from God. And nobody, and when I say nobody, I know you guys are thinking I'm kidding. You're wrong. I, I, you think, well, I know, but there's people that have authority over other people. There sure are, and Jesus made a reference to that, saying that they pretty much abuse it most of the time. Not many people use their authority for the proper reasons. But that's not what I'm talking about. I understand. Well, you understand. If it says in this document, it says in this document, you and I are entitled to nothing. What did you bring into this earth? That is yours besides your body. What did you bring? And by the way, you didn't even bring it. Somebody else brought it for you. Even if you were made in a test tube, you didn't bring it yourself. And my point in bringing that up is simply this. There is this concept that there is entitlement in humanity. And once humanity sinned in the garden, every entitlement got lost. There's not, it's not even complex. Nothing would ever have been taken from us if there was no sin to allow the taking. But guess what? Everybody sins and falls short of the glory of God. And you're thinking, well, I know, but that's not how the system is set up. Congratulations. God's system is superior, will last longer, and will never cease, and every human government will come to an end. Period. But end. And, and so you're sitting there, you're thinking, well, wait, 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 wait. Are you trying to tell me there's no entitlement? You are entitled to nothing. God gave you your first breath. He will take your last breath. And you, you, you know what you're going to say about it? Nada. Because you are not the author of life. He is. And if you think this life is about establishing rights, and I'm not talking about uh, social rights. I'm talking about much more basic rights than social rights. I'm talking about existing rights. Nobody's entitled to anything anywhere. We forfeited when we sinned anything we get beyond anything we get, including a breath, is a gift from God. And you know who knew that? Even though he got mad about it, you know who knew that? Job. He was like, yeah. I'm not even going to deal with the text yet. In fact, fact, I am going to take the break because when I get into the text, you just listen to what he says and recognize that Paul echoes the exact same thing uh, when he's talking to Timothy and when he's talking to the Corinthian church. It's like, look, God is on the throne, not mankind. And he calls the earth his footstool. So let's at least put things in the perspective that God declares, not that we declare. Our opinions are cute, but have no power. We'll take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, 
a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. The David Spoon Experience. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just being honest, right? Because I'll pull from—I'm I'm Jewish. I was trained well, and I, you pull from multiple directions. This was one of those things. So I kind of needed to recognize that sometimes I'm obnoxious, and I need to make up for it. And the whole point of me telling you this is— Sometimes you will do things that doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong, but because you didn't have the right spirit going on when it happened, you need to make up for it. Now, by that, I mean this. So Noel uh, found out uh, yesterday that she had to get up at 4.30 this morning because the president of, quote, unquote, the company was coming in because they were doing a remodel, and her section was one of the sections that are being remodeled. So she had to be at work at 6 in order to be there. Okay? All right. So uh, now I'm already – I'm not in the doghouse or anything. I'm just you know, feeling like I, I could have done better. So you know what I did? And I'm telling you this for a reason. I got up at 5 in the morning, and I sat with her for about a half hour while she was getting ready, right? And I encouraged her because I knew she was really tired. And then she went to work, and I went back to bed (laughs) for at least an hour and a half until the dog said, that's enough out of you. Get up. You know, that was a whole separate thing. The reason that I bring it up is not because I did something brilliant. That's exactly not the case. In fact, the reason that I had to make it up is because I didn't do something brilliant. But it dawned on me that it is okay, or not okay, but it's probably right for you and I when we're in relationships and we do something that's a little far off or maybe not as uh, authentically Christian as we generally need to be, that we're allowed to make up for it. And so what I was trying to do was communicate with her, I love you. I'm kind of sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, I'm totally sorry because I'm up at 5 a.m. that uh, I, I, I didn't – I wasn't like nicer about the whole thing. And so whatever happened by getting up at 5 in the morning last night went bye-bye. And my point in making that um, – sharing that with you is simply sometimes we can do things that is – a way to say I'm with you without doing a whole bunch, and that will just make some of the dumber things less painful or less dumb. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where some more of the rust is falling off piece by piece, and that's kind of a good thing. Here is your trivia question, a difficult one but not overly difficult. What is the name of the man who wanted to by the ability to do miracles like Peter and John. What is the name of the man who wanted to buy the ability to do miracles like Peter and John? Your hint is you used to play a game where you would have to follow uh, what somebody said. What's that person's name? 
That's your little hint from your childhood games. Uh, if you think you know the answer, by the way, who was that person that tried to buy that miracle power from Peter and John? Uh, if you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. It is here that we send you to the website. And I want you to be aware regarding the website, two things really important. Cow Punch is on there, Cow Punch sites. We can get a, a website for your ministry or your passion for $57 a month. You're like, you're promoting something. That's right, I'm promoting my son's business because he redid our website for the ministry, and we will continue to do so. I got to, I got to, I uh, just remembered about the commercial. So uh, that was a mistake. I didn't uh, give you the extra information to change that. We'll change that, Jennifer, later on. And then, uh, so go to Cow Punch sites that's on the website, plus money. And I love saying this because I know you guys love hearing it. Ready? The Many, 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 many. Uh, that's a good place to give. Please go to he must Prayer request? He must Praise report? He must Looking to give to this ministry? He must Confused by what's happening right now? He must increase.org. He must increase.org. Rocket chip. <laughs> right? No? no? Okay. Milkshake. Okay, through a straw. There you go. Uh, trivia questions. <laughs> yeah, you don't do it for a week, and it comes back a little rusty. But then after about an hour, it's, like, yeah, it's all like normal. Uh, what's the name of the man who wanted to buy the ability to do miracles like Peter and John? Do you remember when you were a kid and they played this game? Blank says, okay, so you should be able to figure that out. Uh, if you think you know the answer, 972 uh, text 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at org. In the meantime, we will do our history first, so let's do history. Let's go living in the All right, today's kind of a weird day. I did not know this, but it is blue shirt day, and uh, both you and I are wearing blue. Uh, what is that? That is that's amazing. Wow. And if you guys think that that's some kind of uh, sign from God, you had too many tacos for lunch. Uh, but it is blue shirt day nonetheless. It also it also is look at the leaves day. I don't know. I mean, is it is that because they're changing colors and we're in fall kind of thing? Is that well, or the leaves in this area changing? They all still look green to me. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure why they call it that. Okay, oh, no. all right. National Caramel Custard Day, good for me. Okay. I like that. And then National Family TV Show Day, which is harder and harder and harder to find. Uh, this is how bad it is, and I've already confessed to you this, but you know, sometimes Noah and I, we like to watch older shows, and so we do re we watch them, and then you watch them for like uh, you know binge on them for a little bit, and so you know we're like Green Acres. <laughs> That's going back a ways. That's going back a ways. Andy Griffith. You know, it's bad when when you know all the episodes of Andy Griffith. It's just bad. Uh, on this day, uh, 1789, George Washington proclaimed the first Thanksgiving dinner. I guess he was getting ready ahead of time, trying to maybe not eat for a couple of weeks and then but a few more months. I would or... rather celebrate it in October than November. I think Why do should... we have to wait so long? I think it should be uh, monthly. It should, yes. That, that would make it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Here's something that I did not realize after I just said this to you. On 1960, on this date, the Andy Griffith Show debuted. 
you know. There you go. I'd say it's all spiritual, but it ain't. But it's cute. Uh, and then uh, 1988, uh, TNT uh, started uh, launching uh, their network. Forget that. This one's cool. 1955, in this day, Captain Kangaroo started. That's, see, that's, you know, uh, that's Mr. Green Jeans, Bunny Rabbit, Mr. Moose. They ran for 29 years. Ouch. That's another sad thing that we know all these things. Uh, what's the name of the man who wanted to buy the ability to do miracles like Peter and John? 972-445-0770 is the number to call. 214-210-8483 is the text. And then david at he must increase.org is the email. And now we get to the part of the text that everybody is just going to. Well, I love you. I mean, this is kind of how I would say this. I would start this off by saying I love everybody. Everybody is fantastic to me. You're awesome. Here we go. Uh, here's what Job said. I came naked from my mother's womb. I will be stripped of everything when I die. The Lord gave me everything I had, and the Lord has taken it away. So I know there's some prosperity and positive more teaching to like, oh, well, God never said that. Uh, there's nothing in Scripture that has ever been spoken of in reference to God that has not been challenged if God did not say it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this Scripture is not only right here, but 1 Corinthians 4.17 specifically says, How do, you, do you have anything that you did not receive— Okay, so God gives everything. And then uh, in Acts, like we said in Acts, uh, where Paul's at Mars Hill, he talks about every breath coming, every movement coming from the hand of God. And so let's just start off with the basic, I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be stripped of everything when I die. There is, and I, and I say this in, in a loving fashion, seriously a loving fashion, we just didn't bring anything in with us. And the fact that you became conscious and alive and awake is not your own doing in the capacity that you were brought forward. Now, you're, uh, in spite of what the woke people said, and yes, I heard what the doctor said from Planned Parenthood. is like unbelievable. But the, the bottom line is your mother gave birth, not your father, your mother gave birth, and you came forward. Your participation in that was this. Ready? <laughs> I wish I wish I had a sound clip for this. Here's your here's your participation. Ready? Ta-da! <laughs> that, that was your participation. You arrived. Ta-da! Now you're out. Okay? So what I'm trying to say is there's nothing that we brought. And when we exit, the only thing we're even going to be able to say is, it's been fun. You know, it's because there's nothing else. There's nothing. You're not bringing anything with you. In the process between birth and death is the opportunity to become connected with the Lord, have the Holy Spirit fill up your life, and then determine, uh, you know, through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, by your faith in Christ, by repentance and acknowledgement and surrender, that's that opportunity to bring that into eternity. That's great. But even that is a gift. You didn't earn it. It's a gift. There it is. You got nothing to bring in. You got nothing to take out. You have to recognize that. And then Job takes this next step. 
this is the spot that I would have the problem with. If I'm Job, this is the, I would even I, I'm willing to say, yeah, I might tear my clothes. I already shaved my head, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know where that's going. Fall down to the ground. Uh, I got a terrible knee. Sure, yeah, that's good. Nothing in, nothing out, no problem. Here's where I have the problem. Not that it's a problem. It's just here's the challenge. The Lord gave me everything I had. The Lord has taken it away. It's not that he doesn't have the right to, so to speak. It's that I don't like it. (laughs) That's what it is. I'm not trying to say anything other than the human part of this. If the Lord gives me my breath, then everything I do, including worship him, comes from him. If the Lord gave me my breath, then everything I do, even in opposition to him, is still allowed because he gave me the breath. Okay? I, that, I, I'm okay with that. It's the Lord has taken it away part. <laughs> this is the part I don't like. And it's not that I don't like it because it's not true. It's I don't like it because I don't like the idea of somebody being able to take stuff from me. And the reason for that is because I like to be in control. And the reason for that is because Adam and Eve were promised something in the garden that was a lie and that caught their attention. You know what they were promised? If you eat this, you will be like God. And you will have control and power. Like God. But it was a lie. But it was tempting. So they went for it. And, yes, they both went for it, so get over it. Uh, We'll take a break and then come back. But before we do, (laughs) you didn't have to throw the pink ping pong ball at me. What is the name of the man who wanted to buy the ability to do miracles like Peter and John? The answer is Simon. And the the game we used to play when we were kids is Simon Says. Uh, You guys should have got that one. All right, now we'll take our break. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This is from our good friend, Pastor Ray. He wrote this uh, wonderful devotional called When Grace is Tangible. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. That's John chapter 1, verse 14. There is more to grace than I ever imagined. Now, I'm going to stop you right there. So I was praying, uh, this is in the last month, and I even wrote it down in my little journal, how I believe the Lord had communicated to me personally that I do not understand the depth of God's grace. So then this devotion comes. I'm like, oh, I I just know the Lord's trying to teach me more. All right, let me back it up to what Ray says. There is more uh, to grace than I ever imagined. We sing of amazing grace with the hope and longing that uh, inspires people of all faiths and walks of life. Theologically, grace is defined as unmerited favor, a good, sound concept. But there is something more tangible about grace, something we can picture in our minds. God once told Moses, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Grace, as I discovered in the Hebrew language, is more than a favor granted in spite of our failings. When God says he will be gracious 
to whomever he chooses. He uses the word chanan, which adds a new layer of our understanding, because chanan means to show favor, mercy, to bend or to stoop in kindness. God is not only granting favor and mercy, but the word picture is of him bending down to us in kindness, like a father getting down on his knees to embrace his children. There's even more to this picture. The root of the word Hanan means to pitch a tent, to encamp, to abide, to dwell, to rest. There is more than God granting favor. He wants to dwell with us, to camp out with us. The God who is so very beyond us, not of this world, desires for his glory to abide with us and in us. God will be gracious to whomever he chooses, and he will come and live with them and dwell with them and camp out with them, whomever he chooses. And when it makes no sense to anybody else, it doesn't matter, even if it doesn't meet our standard of approval. The Almighty Lord desires to dwell with us, not just rule over us, certainly not to start a religion, but to love us and live with us in a tangible, real way, to show us the way, the truth, and the life. The ultimate experience of God bending down, listen to this, the ultimate experience of God bending down, stooping down to the ground to dwell amongst us is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout sight, you'll have to face a penalty. Welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience, thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Getting ready for our final trivia question. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Now, this is out of one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. Remember we were telling you uh, that there's the Torah, and then there's the history, and then there's poetry, then there's the major prophets, and then the minor prophets. This is coming out of the major prophets, so not too many to choose from. In what book of the Bible do we find the words, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow? Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. So you were spared because Brother Ace is a great brother and he gave you mercy. Hold on one second. Thank you very much. He gave you mercy because I did not, in fact, uh, tell you the jokes earlier, but now I'm going to tell you the jokes, and now the mercy is gone. Here we go. (laughs) So we got the trivia question, and then we'll uh, respond uh, to the jokes in the trivia question, and then uh, uh, we'll go from there. All right, there's two of them. The second one is classic. The first one is just cute. On the first day of school, a first grader handed this teacher, his teacher, a note from his mother. The note read, The opinions expressed by this child are not necessarily those of his parents. <laughs> That's cute, okay? Yeah, that's not bad. This one, if you don't like this one, <clears throat> we're going to have a problem. 
A little girl says, Grandpa, can I sit on your lap? Why, sure you can, the grandfather replied. As she's sitting on granddad's lap, she says, Grandpa, can you make a sound like a frog? A sound like a frog? Well, well, sure, Grandpa can make a sound like a frog. The girl says, Grandpa, will you please make a sound like a frog? Perplexed, her granddad says, Sweetheart, why do you want me to make a sound like a frog? And the little girl says, Because Daddy says that when you croak, we're going to Florida. Father, I think that's funny. Of course, none of my kids be going to Florida, but that's not the point. The point is, that was a good joke. Uh, trivia question. Which of the major prophets is this found in? Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. So you got Isaiah and you got Jeremiah. You got Ezekiel and you got Daniel. So you got one out of four. Okay, there you go. Let's finish off on this text on Job. It's a tough teach. I think it's tough teaching because when I read it, I go, ouch. I mean, nothing in, nothing out. The Lord gave, the Lord take. And people just hate that thought that God can take or that God would take. But it's like, that's absurd. Of course he takes. And so we got somebody calling in. We'll give them a chance to respond to the trivia. But the idea that God doesn't take things, it's like, it's just crazy. It's like, it's weird stuff. God took Adam and Eve out of the garden when they what? Sinned. They were in the garden. Guess what? God said, out. You're out. Kicked out. God would never kick anybody out. He kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. It's the first thing he did. It's the first way to deal with the contention of sin. Out. So just that whole thought process, got to change that. We got to do a little better in the way that we think. And it's not that God does it unjustly. It's not that it's unfair. It's It was his garden. He set the rules. You're not going to follow by the rules? Get out. That's how it was. Okay? Do we have somebody who wanted to reply to the triv or they got cut off? Well, it was Mary. <laughs> God bless her. But she told me the answer. Okay. You hold the answer, and then we'll, if anybody else calls in, we'll, we'll do it, and we'll go from there. Okay. Thank you, Mary. Okay. All right. So now I, I want to make sure that people get, get this thing that I'm saying because this is important. The idea – okay, first of all, Adam and Eve, they, were, they had no sin in the garden, right? No sin problem. We're not having any problems. No, no issues, right? Garden was theirs. They're supposed to maintain. It's not their property, by the way. It's God's property. He's letting them maintain it. He's letting them run it, you know, run it for him, so to speak. It's a landscaping biz. <laughs> okay, well, that's how I would look at it. That, then what takes place is they sin. So what does God do? He removes them. Yeah, you lost the entitlement to be in this cool place. People like, God doesn't take. Of course he does. That's not the issue. The issue is us. The issue is our heart. The issue is when we do things, what do we do? Do we run and hide? Do we make uh, clothing for ourselves to cover ourselves? Because we're trying to be in control. And even though we're trying to be in control, we have inadequate clothing. Like Adam and Eve, no wonder Jesus cursed the fig tree. But anyway, get back to the, the reality check here. The Lord gives and the Lord takes. The problem is that we try to analyze God. Don't tell me you don't do this. I do this 50 times a day, 
if not 500 times a day. You try to analyze everything you go through. You try to figure out everything you go through. You try to determine everything you go through. It's like, well, this means this, or this means this, or this means this. That dream that I had about my brother and my sister must mean that there's a family unit. Or it was the meatloaf. I mean, what I'm trying to tell you is that... there's always something that we're trying to assess and connect to. Sometimes it's just rotten because the world has got sin in it. And that's the chaos and the chaotic part. You know, death and disease and distress, it's t- all of that's horrible. And Jesus set us free from an eternity separated from God, but he didn't he didn't put the brakes on all death yet. Did he? And so there's a theological component to it's like, well, that's true. The full redemption has not yet fully been expressed. Otherwise, death would cease to exist. So the idea behind this is to catch how the attitude is when you're going through this. The Lord gives and the Lord takes, and that's his prerogative. And though we try to assess it and determine what we did wrong for the Lord to take, this was something that Job avoided initially. Afterwards... <laughs> We're going to get into that. It goes a little south. But before that takes place, here's what happens. The Lord gives everything, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And for all those people out there that are like, we don't give God thanks for everything. Job gave thanks when he lost his entire business, his, his workers, the farmers, the servants, and his kids. And he said, thanks. He said, praise the Lord. Well, praise and thanks are not the same. Oh, come on. That's like butter and margarine. Give me a break. (laughs) It's like, well, they're not exactly the same, Dave. Oh, stop. What did he do? He praised the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Acknowledgement. Honor, glory, recognition to God. I know, but he didn't know what was going on. Exactly. And he just came out of losing all financial and family. And he had a chance. That was a boy, that'd be the opportunity where he could say, uh, I quit. (laughs) That was the spot. He knew better than that. The Lord gives everything. The Lord takes everything. People make fun of people. Well, we had, you know, you know, you know, ten good years before before he passed on. People are like, oh, that's just kind of like a foolish thing. That's exactly what it is. If God gives you something and you had grace in it for a moment, that's a blessing. You weren't entitled to it. And so the Lord gives everything. He takes everything. What should be our attitude? What should be our disposition? Straightforward. Praise the name of the Lord. And not fake praise. And don't get, thank you, but I don't really mean it. Because God knows whether you mean it or not. Do you really trust him to give him thanks in the midst of the trials? That's just, it's just really kind of that. I, I, I dislike this teaching because I'm so guilty of saying it and not believing it. I'm just telling I think Job really meant it. What we're going to find out is that Job does to say, I'm not blaming. You know, he's not blaming. And he's, he's thankful, but you know, he's got some questions. I like that part of it because at least it's honest. But it, it, I don't know if I could have done it. I mean, he did it. It's amazing, right? 
So in your trial, in your loss, in something that's been taken, and ultimately it does come from the hand of God and it comes and it goes away from the hand of God, in all of that, do you praise the Lord because you trust in the quality of God or do you not praise him because he's not being the genie that you're trying to make him to be? Okay, that's the question. Which of the four prophets, by the way, uh, made that quotation? That was the question. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And the answer is Isaiah. Hey, that's the name of one of my grandkids. Isaiah Anthony. Is that a uh, coincidence? Yes. Actually, in this case, it was a coincidence. There you go. All right, we're going to be done for today. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.